It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm excited to have a celebrity on the show today. Her name is Tatum Parker, and she's famous because she has her own foundation. She has her own website. It's the Tatum Parker Project, and we welcome Tatum Parker. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I've actually had your dad on the show before to talk about the Tatum Parker Project, and now I'm even uh, happier to have you on the show to talk about (laughs) your project. Um, For our listeners that remember Tatum Parker and the Tatum Parker story, um, you're still a young girl. How old are you? I'm 17. I'll be 18 in like three weeks. Okay. Well, happy <laughs> pre-birthday. Uh, <laughs> early on in your life as a baby, you were diagnosed with with what kind of cancer? I was diagnosed as Ewing sarcoma about two weeks before my sixth birthday. So I was very little, did not know what was going on. I had Ewing sarcoma for about a year and then I was in remission for a year. And then I was re-diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma in my right lung at the age of eight. And... At this, 10 years later now, almost 18, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I had a hip replacement my freshman year due to some complications in my leg after having my femur replaced two different times uh, during treatment. But other than that, I'm doing great. Um, I'm in full recovery, cancer-free, and yeah, just living a normal life. That is fantastic. Congratulations. I'm so glad to hear that. So the Tatum Parker Project is uh, something, again, we've had your dad on the show to to talk about this before. Um, It's a a way to give, um, well, why don't you explain it? Because I know I'm going to ruin it. So you explain it. This is Tatum Parker talking about the Tatum Parker Project. (laughs) Well, when I was first diagnosed in 2006, I received this big backpack from the Gabby Krause Foundation in Colorado. And, you know, they were a friend of a friend from my dad from high school or whatnot. And they had heard that I was diagnosed and they had this big organization in Colorado where they give out these backpacks. And so I received one of the backpacks and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I took it with me every time I went to treatment um, and it just really helped me. It had a Game Boy in it, which I was psyched about as a little girl. It was pink, which was my favorite color. And I had craft kits and all these things that I could take with me to the hospital every single day because I was in the hospital all the time and all that they had in the hospital rooms was a TV. And occasionally, like, the nurse would come in and talk to you. But it gets really boring when you're in there for a long time. So I took this backpack with me all the time. And so when I finished treatment, um, I decided that there was something that I had to do to give back. I knew, like, the nurses and doctors saved my life. I met so many kids in the hospital who were not as fortunate as I was, who, you know, went to the hospital for months at a time. And they had no one with them. Their parents worked. They had siblings that their parents had to take care of. They were all by themselves. And I was like, I need to do something for these kids. And so we started Tatum's Bags of Fun in August of 2008. Um, and how old were you? I was eight years old. And, and so this wasn't your dad or your family <laughs> or your mom. This was your idea. Uh, yeah, my parents, I mean, of course my parents, they wanted to give back as well. And they were basically the ones that started it because as an eight-year-old, there was not much I could do. But Oh, you couldn't have done it without them. I'm, I'm not <laughs> taking sure. anything away from your parents. But <laughs> it's impressive that the, the eight-year-old version of you is like, we need to do something. Yeah, of course. And I, I've always been that person. I like, I love giving back to people and I am very selfless and I like, you know, caring for other people. And so 
I had to do, like, I wanted to do something so bad. And so we started uh, Tanner's Bags of Fun. We started giving these $350 to $400 backpacks filled with games, toys. Um, they had Kindle Fires. They still do. Um, well, back in the day, it was, like, DSs and all that good stuff. But now it's Kindle Fires and um, craft kits and anything that a kid can use in a hospital. And we started giving them to every child that's diagnosed with cancer in Indiana. So we did that for a long time. For I guess it would have been, like, nine years that we did that. Um, and then we, we started to realize that it was awesome that we were giving out these backpacks and we gave out about, you know, 2000 plus and we were like, this is so great. Like we love this, but we still feel like we felt guilty in a way because we were like, we we're giving all these cancer kids happiness and joy or whatever. And, um, we made them feel like someone cared about them, but we weren't doing anything to save their lives. And there's just so many kids who are not as fortunate as I was, and there's no cure for them. And there's, you know, not much that the doctors can do. And it's just a horrible, horrible thing. And cancer takes the lives of way too many kids, um, kids that I know, kids that probably a lot of other people know. And it's just a horrible disease. And so we decided we would rebrand and we would start donating towards cancer endowments and research funds and all that good stuff so that not only are we, I mean, we're still doing the bags of fun part of it. We're still giving out these backpacks to every child diagnosed. We've given out over 3,500 bags um, to date, but we're also donating towards these research endowments and research funds and grants um, to try to get the research, you know, more money because pediatric cancer research only receives 4% of all the money that's donated to cancer organizations. So overall, they only get 4%, which is four pennies out of every dollar, which is not enough, especially when it's kids. And so we thought that that was a problem. We needed to fix it. Now, I was aware that uh, the um, Tatum's Bags of Fun uh, rebranded to become the Tatum Parker Project. Uh, The backpacks filled with a lot of great stuff a kid would enjoy in the hospital uh, or any kid would enjoy. I, I didn't realize that part of that rebrand was a refocus on actually concentrating on getting funding to help try to cure cancer. So that's, yeah. that's pretty amazing to hear. Thank you. We, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> how, so your partners and, um, donors, you know, I'm sure they're lining up to get it more, even more involved because if they're like, look, you know, a certain amount of dollarship goes to buying the Game Boy, the Fire, or the Kindle, or, or what, what was the one thing? Uh, a pre, a, a, I keep <laughs> the, thinking of a press kit. A, a what? An activity kit? Yeah, like craft kit. Uh, craft kit. Yeah. What's a craft kit? Oh, my. There's just so many. When I got my bag, there was, like, one where I could make uh, pot holders. There was one that I could, like... I don't I could like make a little carpet thing there were friendship bracelet making kits there were bracelets I mean all sorts of things so things that keep kids busy for like a long period of time okay so that's a craft kit I get it now and so now your donors and partners and uh, people that go to your website and and give money they're even more motivated to get involved because because they know it's going to an even bigger picture than just getting one child a backpack full of fun stuff right that's the hope we hope that um I mean, we had so many amazing people who donated all the time for us when we were doing just the backpacks. And, you know, we had people who were like, oh, we have a bunch of books or we have a bunch of stuffed animals. We have all this stuff that can we donate it to you? Will you use it? And we were like, of course we'll use it. We had people who donated just because they loved what we did and they loved the fact that we were able to give these kids something to be happy about in a really dark place in their life. And um, we're just hoping that now that we can not only give kids, you know, happiness and hope, but we can also give them a chance at life. And I think that that's a huge thing. And that's something that, you know, we really are proud of. And we hope that other people will see that as well and donate. 
Tatum Parker is our guest. Uh, I was going to say she's the namesake of the Tatum Parker Project. It's Tatum Parker. Oh, I'm sorry. It's ParkerProject.org. Tatum is that Parker right? TatumParkerProject.org. Tatum so, what is your title? I mean, are you you're not? Are you the executive director of this? Are you the Are you the mascot? You're the mascot. I'm the mascot. I guess I'm the mascot. My dad deals with all the like money situation. My mom does everything behind the scenes. She hates showing her face and she hates speaking. Her, she's like her number one fear is public speaking, which is funny because it's just the opposite from my dad and I um, but she's always behind the scenes but she does more than I can even explain she does all the buying of all the stuff she puts the bags together she helps deliver them she does everything and more so you need a VP level title though and <laughs> mascots not working you're well you know what you don't need a title because your name is the <laughs> name, name is of the, the charity <laughs> my name's the organization tatumparkerproject.org and you have a very exciting event coming up I want to talk about with uh, a hugely popular band called Yacht Rock Review. It's a, it's a private event at the Vogue. Uh, when is that, August 18th? It's August, oh shoot, I should know this. It's either August 18th or August 17th. I might have screwed that up. I think it is August 17th. It is, it is August 17th. August 17th, yes. the Vogue Yacht Rock Review. Uh, they always sell out the Vogue. They're hugely popular, coast to coast. Um, started in Atlanta, riding the wave of this craze and popularity of a term called Yacht Rock. Uh, what do you know about Yacht Rock? I know that it's 80s music. That's uh, pretty popular. I know. And that's the thing is, I was born in 2000. So, you know, whatever. But I grew up listening to music that was before my time because that's what my parents always listened to. And so, and I'm a huge music girl. I'm in choir. I'm in like involved in all theater and musicals. And so I love, love, love music. And that's like a huge part of my life. And that's what I do all the time is listen to music. So I know a wide range of music. And when I listen to Yacht Rock music or I listen to their songs, I often know the, what the songs are. Well, I just have to ask, um, can you name three oh Yacht Rock gosh. songs? Could I name three? Well, now you're just... I'm putting you on okay. the spot, I know. Okay. And, we, and I, gave, so, I gave you one before we started well, the interview. Yeah, okay, so you gave me one. So Africa, obviously. <laughs> um, obviously, I know that song. That's an awesome song. Um, oh, what's the... It's, is, that, is, is it called I Want to Dance with Somebody, the Whitney Houston song? Well, that, oh, you're right. No. That is uh, a song from Whitney Houston, but it is not Yacht no, Rock. No, it's not. It's okay, not well, Yacht I, was li- I was lied to because I was told that it was. Um, wow, okay. Well, you know, well. one way to think of it for your age group is it's the soft rock soft. from the late 70s and early 80s that you would hear on the speakers in your dentist office. Uh, well, my den- my orthodontist played it all the time. There you go. You go to your orthodontist, you're going to hear some yacht rock coming out of the oh, ceiling yeah. speakers. So it's a private event, and tickets are on sale now. Uh, anybody listening to this broadcast, you can go uh, and help support pediatric cancer research and support the Tatum Parker Project by going out for a night of fun with Yacht Rock Review at the Vogue on August 17th. Uh, tickets are one twenty-five. Yes, one hundred and twenty-five dollars. One hundred and twenty-five dollars, and it's a white gold party. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a theme that you? It's an annual event, right? The white gold party. Yes. Talk about uh, you know the outfits you see at a white gold party. Yeah. So when I finished treatment the very first time, it was you know very exciting, and so my parents threw a little party in our backyard. And it was a small event. Our neighbors, close friends, and family came. And they all wore all white to represent purity, like my body was pure from this awful disease. And so they had this 
awesome party or whatever. And then we started Tatum's Bags of Fun. And so they were like, let's continue to do this. But instead of just, you know, having a party for fun, let's do it to raise money. And so it started out very small. Uh, everyone wore white. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And now it's the white and gold party. And gold is the color of the ribbon for pediatric cancer. And it's not represented enough. Like you see breast cancer. You see pink all everywhere for mm. breast cancer. Um, but just gold slash yellow is the color for pediatric cancer. And so we really wanted to emphasize that. So we made it the white and gold party. So you wear white. You are all white or all gold or a mixture of both, whatever you feel. Um, but it's it's awesome. It's cool to see everyone wearing the um, same color. It makes, you know, for very cool pictures. And, yeah, it's super fun. And Well, I want to warn you, um, being my age and knowing what the sort of ambiance is around the lifestyle of Yacht Rock, <laughs> um, there are going to be some outfits at the White Gold Party this year that are going to look like they're straight out of 1978. We're talking like gold jumpsuits oh, with yeah. a little bit of white. Uh, this white party is probably going to be more of a gold party with the gold jumpsuits, gold leisure suits, gold chains and hairy chests. I mean, that's what you're going to see. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Bring it on. Like the more the merrier, the crazier, the better. That's what we just want to have a good time. And the more fun we're having, hopefully the more money we can raise. Well, again, for our listeners that want to go to the show, it's Yacht Rock Review, August 17th at the Vogue. A private event, $125 tickets. All the proceeds go to the Tatum-Parker Project and Pediatric Cancer. Uh, and the information is at TatumParkerProject.org. That's where you can also purchase the tickets and keep donating yes. in the future and keep uh, keep up with the Tatum-Parker story. Uh, we thank you so much for your time and thank congratulations you. on your health. And uh, you're going to see me in a, in a gold jumpsuit on August 17th at the uh, Vogue with the Yacht Rock Review. Well, I can't wait. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can wait for this. <laughs> Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is rolling on from Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're on the campus of Oral Roberts University, and we're with the athletic director, Mike Carter. Mike, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Adam. I uh, love these stories of inspiration, uh, faith-based campus, Christian campus here at Oral Roberts University, and that's not even why we bring you on the show to talk about inspiration and faith-based university sports. We're here to talk about your foundation work and a cause that's very close to your heart. It's the Scott Carter Foundation. Can you tell us uh, who Scott was and what this foundation is? Uh, Scott was our 13-year-old son that we lost to bone cancer. He was diagnosed when he was 11, lost a leg at 12, and Make-A-Wish came to him and asked if he'd like to uh, meet some famous people or go to Disney World. And he said, no, I've met a lot of famous people like Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali and Barry Sanders and Garth Brooks and all of these wonderful people. And I go to Disney World a lot with my parents. Uh, So let's take my sports memorabilia collection. We'll put it in a truck and take it around the country, let people enjoy it. We'll take up donations and give the money to cancer research and find a cure for cancer. Well, the Make-A-Wish Foundation looked at him and said, we don't have that kind of money or manpower. But they also didn't realize that he had a collection that had over 400 items of the most high-profile athletes in the country. The vast majority of those are in the Hall of Fame in nearly every sport, from skating with Nancy Kerrigan to Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier to uh, 
all of the famous quarterbacks of the day, Montana, Aikman, all of them. So uh, we didn't have much of a choice after Scott passed away. Uh, he got to see his collection on display at the Tulsa State Fair, and we'd raised enough money to buy the truck. But our group of advisors said, you don't want the calls at 3 in the morning when the truck breaks down. Uh, we'll find a place to display the collection, and we'll have a golf tournament to raise the money to try to find a cure for cancer. So uh, after touring several bank lobbies in the state of Oklahoma with the collection, I wrote a letter to Reggie Williams, who was building the wide world of sports in Disney World, and said, you need a collection with a story behind it. And it wasn't four months later, they came and picked up the collection. So it's now on display at Disney's Wide World of Sports, the ESPN Wide World of Sports, where millions of kids are seeing it today. And uh, so that part of the dream is being realized. The other part of the dream, we formed the foundation, and we're getting ready to have our 22nd annual Scott Carter Heroes Golf Classic, which has now become the biggest golf tournament in the state with over 70 teams. We have to have a 36-hole complex, and this year we expect to go over uh, the $2.5 million mark of money raised for children's cancer research. That is phenomenal. And that, um, to promote for our listeners, uh, is in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. It's uh, August, uh, you were telling me off mic, August 31st. Right. And if uh, there's more information, anybody's in the Tulsa area that uh, that day and wants to play or even wants to go online and give money um, and fund uh, the research, they can go to uh, scottcarterfoundation.org. scottcarterfoundation.org. Um, let's get the timing on this. When... Um, when did the sports memorabilia, when did Scott start collecting it? And it, I mean, he was 11 when he was diagnosed. Right. Um, how did he collect it? And um, what years was this? This started in about, he was diagnosed in February of 1991. Scott was not a great athlete. He played sports, but he was not a great athlete, but he loved to collect. And this is the time when Shaquille O'Neal was a rookie. And it was a really big deal if you could buy uh, some basketball cards and get a rookie card of Shaq. He'd go in and buy six little things of cards, little packs of cards, and he'd end up with two Shaq rookie cards. I mean, I just thought he was the luckiest kid in the world. And so he just got this, uh, this real knack for collecting. And really, the collection itself started on his first visit to the hospital for chemotherapy, Bill Russell, the Dodgers shortstop, was a dear family friend of ours. And so Bill gave Scott his 1988 World Series Dodgers jersey. And that hung over his bed in every uh, hospital visit. And so from there, we would find items at some charity collections, and people would hear about it, and they would send stuff. And Bill Glasson, who I'd known since his golf days here at ORU, had called me and said, I understand Scott has a collection. Can I help? And I said, well, it's interesting. Today, he just got a Magic Johnson basketball. And he said, now what I need is a Wayne Gretzky hockey stick. And Bill said, no problem. We're represented by the same company. I think I can get it. Two weeks later, Bill pulls up in the driveway with his whole family and hops out with the Wayne Gretzky hockey stick. So it was people like that. A good friend of ours, Bo Mitchell in Denver, Colorado, was the chaplain for the Nuggets. So he was gathering basketballs and 
different stuff, Dikembe Mutombo shoes. And by the time this thing finished, we had items from every one of the players of the 92 Dream Team. We no had, kidding. Yes. In Scott's collection, we have jerseys from uh, Charles Barkley, David Robinson, and Chris Mullen. We have one of the Olympic shoes from Larry Bird. And then we have basketballs that are signed by Michael and Magic and Pippen, Malone, Stockton, all of them. Those were in one case. We had 12 cases of stuff that were seven feet tall, five feet wide, just it's just a beautiful collection of stuff. And then we took it to Disney, and they kind of pared it down to six cases. But, I mean, this, it's just an unbelievable collection. And people would help. We'd buy a few things here and there, and then friends would help. And that's how we got I mean, to 400. His, his story took over, word of mouth. Let's get this uh, collection as big as we can. I'm sure your background in athletics helped a little bit with uh, some of the people you knew uh, here in the state of Oklahoma. You were telling me he was involved with uh, the Oklahoma State University Cowboys basketball team, which now there's a a little family connection with uh, former Cowboys coach Eddie Sutton. Back then in the early 90s, he'd bring your son onto the the court as part of the team. Yes. uh, We were, they had given us tickets to come. He and Bill Self was his assistant at the time. And we were over trying to get into the wheelchair space one day and having trouble. And so Bill walked across the floor and said, well, just come over here, sit on the end of the bench. So Scott sat on the end of the bench at first and would go into the locker room with him at halftime, pregame, postgame. He just became part of the team. And I, there were times that he'd look at one of the guys like uh, Byron Houston and say, Byron, come on, you got to play harder than that. And all the guys would just laugh. And, I mean, he would get on guys constantly. <laughs> and they just loved him for it. And and so he became – he sat on the bench with them the, ne- the rest of that year and the next year. And uh, they gave him a warm-up suit that – he was he was buried in when he died, but they were the honorary pallbearers at his funeral. And the story when Scott died, the local newspaper here in Tulsa, the headline was "Cowboys Lose Favorite Fan and Inspiration." Wow. And apparently, uh, the editor of Reader's Digest reads three or four hundred headlines a day looking for stories. And he called me and said, "I want to come do a story on Scott about." him and his relationship with the Cowboys, and he sent a writer down, Suzanne Chazen, and she interviewed the coaches and players in Stillwater first, then came to see us and said, this is going to be a great story, and I said, well, I would hope so. I mean, they were so nice to him. She said, no, you don't get it, and I said, well, what do I get? I took him over there every time. said, no, I didn't get through a single interview without them tearing up. That's how much Scott meant to them. And I mean, I like to hit the floor at that point. Well, the article finally came out in the February 95 issue of Reader's Digest. It won uh, the National Dove Award, then won another award. Then it was reprinted in the third serving of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And so through all of that exposure and through the, I mean, they did articles about Scott here I mean, it just, it went on and on. And one of the real special stories is that that team that were freshmen when Scott sat on the bench was Big Country, right? Big Country Reeves. Big, uh, big Reeves. Yeah, yeah big, big Country. Big Country Reeves. They went to the uh, Final Four. 
And when they were at the Final Four, the players kept talking to the Seattle News about Scott's inspiration and how much they wanted to win this for Scott. Well, CBS called us and said, we're going to find you at the game and we're going to be filming you throughout the game because if Oklahoma State wins, the halftime piece for the national championship is going to be Scott's inspiration of the OSU team. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, Oklahoma State got beat by Tyus Edney and Ed O'Bannon. And I guess Scott got replaced by a couple of people named John Wooden and Bill Clinton at <laughs> halftime. So not not bad runner-up, yeah. but, but I, I mean, Scott's story at that point would have gone nationwide sure. as if it hadn't already with Reader's Digest. But uh, his impact has just affected so many people. We often say that he touched more lives in 13 years than we will if we live to be 100. Oh, it sounds like it. And he passed away in 1993 at the age of 13. Uh, and I mentioned earlier that it's a family affair somewhat with former coach Eddie Sutton from Oklahoma State. His son, Scott Sutton, is one of your employees. He's the head men's basketball coach right here at Oral Roberts University. We're speaking with Oral Roberts University Athletic Director Mike Carter, and we're speaking about his son, Scott Carter, who passed away of uh, bone cancer and how much um, uh, he's meant to so many people with the Scott Carter Foundation, the golf outing, reaching $2 million in donations, um, the unbelievable sports memorabilia that's on display right now in Disney World at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. Out of that memorabilia, what was Scott's favorite piece and what is your favorite piece? Well, I think Scott's favorite piece uh, in one of the moves somewhere along the way, it was lost or stolen. But his favorite piece was a baseball card that on half of it, it was Nolan Ryan's seventh no-hitters. And on the other half of it, was Ricky Henderson's stolen base record. And he was told repeatedly, you'll never get that signed by both guys, and he did. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, to have that oh, that man. one piece, I think that, of all things, he was mo- most proud of that because it was an accomplishment. There, there can't be three of those floating around. Yeah, One of them is sitting somewhere that it shouldn't be, right. but, but that's okay. I'll somebody, keep my eyes open. If some, I see it, I'm calling you. Somebody's enjoying it. <laughs> uh, as for me, it's, it's really hard because uh, we had a legends case that really meant a lot to me because the centerpiece of that case was a replica Mickey Mantle jersey, and we got to meet Mickey, and Scott and Mickey became buddies. Uh, but in that case, there is a Jerry West basketball, Gordie Howe hockey stick, uh, book signed by Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson, uh, a Richard Petty STP can and cap, um, 14 or 15 Hall of Famer baseballs, a Hank Aaron bat that was actually my bat when I was a little boy that I wow. sent to... Uh, Mr. Aaron, and he signed it for us. Oh, my God. Uh, and the, the bottom row was was pretty special. It's a Pele jersey, a Walter Payton football, Ali and Frazier boxing gloves, and a Pennzoil can signed by Arnold Palmer, <laughs> uh, along, along with a record album from Mercury Automobiles on how to play golf that they gave in 1963 to anyone who test drove a Mercury. And Arnold signed all of those things. So, I mean, that one case has got to be worth a fortune. 
And so I'd, I'd say of all of the cases, that that was probably my favorite. That is so interesting. Uh, we love catching up uh, with athletics and hearing stories like this. We haven't even talked to you about, you know, your faith-based uh, athletic department or leadership or community service that the uh, your Golden Eagles do here and around Tulsa. Uh, maybe we'll do that another time. Uh, Mike Harder's been our guest. And real quick for our listeners on how they can get involved, maybe find out more about that uh, display at Disney World or how they can donate through the golf outing and your foundation. It's scottcarterfoundation.org. And is everything on that website they need to know? Everything's there, and uh, including phone numbers. Okay. All right. Well, I uh, um, I love this type of stuff, and I golf. So uh, you know, I could come back and golf, and we'll do some more broadcasting and interview some more people and promote the uh, foundation, and hopefully someday find a cure for uh, for children's cancer. Mike Carter, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. The Adam Ritz Show: Fellowship, Leadership, and Philanthropy. All right. Thanks again uh, for hanging out with me on this show. We had a great time talking with Tatum Parker from the Tatum Parker Project and Mike Carter from Oral Roberts University. Uh, Again, if you'd like more information on the Yacht Rock Review concert to benefit pediatric cancer and the Tatum Parker Project, just head to tatumparkerproject.org, and you'll find all the information uh, on not only the Tatum Parker Project, but also on that specific concert, the Yacht Rock Review, performing at the Vogue on August 17th, Tickets are $125. All proceeds go to Tatum Parker Project and Pediatric Cancer. And if you're a big fan of Yacht Rock, you're going to love this show because since it's a, a closed party, a private party, general tickets are not available. The crowd should be a little smaller than normal than a hugely uh, sold-out Yacht Rock review show. Again, more information at TatumParkerProject.org. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.